Good morning. Welcome to worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our gospel today is from the 16th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they were eager to reply, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Pause. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, the one on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you uh, to join me in praying together the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts here faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The question that we have before us today comes directly from Jesus. Jesus is asking us to live into this question. Who do you say I am? When Jesus asked the disciples that question, I am absolutely confident that there was this very awkward, long pause. Who do you say that I am? And I think what happened was is that all the disciples were standing around and they all kind of just went and turned their heads. Peter? <laughs> Who's going to speak for us? Well, let's see. Peter's the one that's got the biggest mouth. (laughs) He's the one that's always putting foot in mouth and always making all kinds of proclamations. Let's let Peter do the talking. I can't say for sure that that actually happened, but according to the passage before us today, the only disciple that's recorded as having said anything in response to Jesus' question was Peter. The question, I think, is both a personal and also a communal question. Each of us, I believe, has to answer that question personally for ourselves. Who do you say that Jesus is? And I think, I'm going to use the word, it should, should be a question that we live into every single day of our lives. I mean, in a certain sense, it has something to do with that affirmation of our baptism every single day. 
You know, when I get up every single morning, I look at myself in the mirror and I say to myself, you are a baptized child of God. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. It's part of what I do to start off my day and it's partly what I do to begin that process of saying to myself, I am going to live again today somehow having Jesus be the one who's guiding me in this daily path. And that for me to do that, it means that I have to be asking myself that question every single day. What does the life of Jesus, what does his teachings, what does everything that he did on earth, what does that have to do with how I live my life? Because how we answer this question, it has everything to do with how we live. Our answer to the question, who is Jesus to me? Who do you say that Jesus is? That answer impacts the decisions that you make. It impacts the kindness that you will share. It impacts the people that you associate with. And it also impacts the values and the principles that we and you and I live by. Who do you say that I am? And I believe that the answer to that question is much deeper than simply offering a Sunday school or creedal response. It asks us to search deeply within ourselves and to look at Jesus and say, Who do I see? What do I see? What do I hear him teaching me? How do I see him living his life? Is this God in human flesh? Is this Jesus, God in human flesh, coming into the world to show the way of God? And when I say, Lord, Lord, does that have implications for how I live out my life individually, communally, socially, politically, yes, and civically and morally, all of those things. Every aspect of our lives is affected by how we answer the question, who do you say that I am? It's not just, it's not just how we live out our lives when we meet and greet here on Sunday mornings. It has everything to do with how we live out every aspect of our lives. And every one of us is going to have a different answer. And for some of us, for some of us, we may not be able to articulate the answer. I mean, as I look back on my life, I'm not sure I could have answered that question back in my pre-teens or my early teenage years. That would have been a very, very difficult question for me to answer. And even if I did... I would have probably given a Sunday school answer or something that I thought that my pastor or my mom and my dad would want to hear. How we answer this question, it has a lot to do also with where we are in our context in life because every one of us is in a different place. You know, that little... 12-year-old boy that sits in a pew here on Sunday morning, he's at a different place than this 95-year-old bud who sits over here in the front row, you know? Speaking of bud, <laughs> I'm going to pick on bud a little bit today. Actually, I'm not going to pick on bud. I'm going I'm to use him as an example of a context in life. 
How old are you now? 95, 96, something? 97, man. 98 in September, oh my goodness. All right. Well, most of you know that Bud lost his son here not too long ago. And when we were talking in Men's Fellowship this past Tuesday, when Bud, I think when Bud asks this question of himself, who do I say Jesus is? This is what Bud shared with us at Men's Fellowship. I'm going to try and get it right, Bud. But he said, the Jesus, when I ask that question, who is Jesus to me, he is the one who makes it possible for his son to be at rest and in heavenly peace. But he's also, Jesus is also the one who in in the midst of my loss, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my grief, Jesus is the one who is also the source of my comfort because I know that Jesus has made that heavenly assurance possible. It's contextual. When we ask that question, who do you say Jesus is, it does have everything to do with where you are at in life as well. Who is Jesus to one of those younger families who in our church here who just lost a loving husband and father? I think about that family now. We had their celebration of life yesterday for the husband and dad, 43 years old. And the scripture passage that Sarah gave to me was Isaiah 41.10. And I believe that that's the answer to the question, who is Jesus to them right now? And they would say, because of that scripture passage, they would say that he is the one who walks with them in the midst of their suffering and loss, who reminds them that I am God, I am your God, and that I will strengthen you, and that I will help you, and I will comfort you, and I will always be with you, and that I will hold you in my right hand. That's what Isaiah 41.10 says. Who's Jesus to the young people this past Wednesday we met for the very first time for our new confirmation class? Who's the Jesus for the young people who are just beginning the process of going through confirmation instruction? What will they discover? What will these young people discover as they walk this path over the next two years of confirmation? Will they see grace? Will they hear love? Will they come to see Jesus as a friend? I certainly hope so. I hope that they get something out of this confirmation and they don't just simply see it as another obligatory thing that they have to do. Will they come to see Jesus as one of the most important influences in their lives? I certainly hope that between myself and Shelley and Hannah as we work with these young people over the next two years, that somehow through our testimony, through our process of working with them and sharing the faith with them, that somehow they will come to realize that Jesus is one of the most important influences in their lives and that Jesus can be and will be their compass and their guide in the way in which they live out the rest of their lives? Will, they be ch- will we challenge them to continue to live into this question, who do you say that I am? 
I wonder, <clears throat> I ask the question, who is Jesus to a homeless couple who were barely surviving in this Arizona heat, who just a week and a half ago came to the church on a Wednesday night, desperate, desperate to find some kind of relief, wondering if maybe this place, maybe if this place that represents God will be another place that turns them away empty. They'd spent the last two days here in Lake Havasu last week. They'd spent most of their summer down in Blythe, California, living in, out in the desert in this intense heat. And yet somehow they were able to get a ride up to Havasu thinking that it was going to be greener pastures up in Lake Havasu. They spent the last two days looking and seeking help, and everywhere they went, they were turned away, and they were told, we can't do anything for you. I think God surprised them that night when they were told, we can give you some help. They got on a bus a week ago Friday, and they're now back in Tennessee because they wanted to go home. They wanted to go home. Did Jesus come to them through a listening ear and perhaps a gesture of compassion that was extended to them? I would like to say yes, Jesus did come to them. Who's Jesus to a person who sees the world from a perspective of everything is black and white? That there's, all, there's only right and there's only wrong. Who's Jesus to a person who sees the world with a perspective of grayness, who's willing to live with some ambiguity and not always see things as right or wrong or black or white. Who's, who's Jesus to a person who lives in extreme poverty, who wonders where their next meal is going to come from, where they're going to put their head down, who is Jesus to an Asian or a Native American? Who is Jesus? You just, you, you ask the question of, of any category of persons out there. What about, who is Jesus to a person who says you're not worthy? That you're not, you're, you're less than human because of the way you live. Because that's the message that we as a culture or society give to various people in our society, in our culture. We give them the message. And who is most guilty of that? We, the church. We are the ones, the church is the one that's the most guilty to say, you are not worthy. Who is Jesus to that person? This question before us today it is a question that we are continually being asked to live into. And it's also a communal question. How we answer this question shapes and it molds the ministry here at Mount Olive Lutheran Church. The communal question is obviously the more difficult question to answer. And when you hear that text that we just read from Romans today, you can understand why it's a more difficult question to answer because we've got all of these people who come together in a community that have a multiplicity of gifts and talents and somehow we're supposed to get together as a church and say, this is what we're all about. But 
Well, I'm, I'm about prophecy. Well, I'm about preaching. Well, I'm about teaching. And you got all these voices coming at you going, well, where do we prioritize? What, how do we make it all work? But it's still, it's part of what we're asked to do as a church. We have to ask that communal question, who is Jesus to us here at Mount Olive Lutheran Church? And we are now in the process of doing some of that because we have this major obstacle of not having to incur any kind of debt retirement anymore. We, don't, we no longer have a $6,000 a month obligation. We're now free to move on to more intentional ministry possibilities. And how do we answer that question? Who do we say Jesus is? That question should be part of our central consideration in the way in which this congregation moves forward in ministry. Every single day. Who we say Jesus is as a congregation, it has everything to do with who we are, how we reach out to this greater community, how we extend hospitality, how we partner with other churches or other social service agencies in our community. Who we say Jesus is has everything to do with how we show and extend compassion as a congregation, how we feed the poor, how we welcome the stranger, how we lift each other up in prayer, and how we share each other's suffering and pain. The question that Jesus asks us today, who do you say that I am? It's not a one-and-done answer, folks. We just don't answer the question once and say, okay, we got the answer now. It's daily. And it's a question that we are being asked to live into every day. And part of the way that you and I live into that question is by reflecting and thinking about who has Jesus been to us in the past who is Jesus to us now? And who do we hope that we'll, he will be in the future? We need to work through those questions. And Jesus is challenging us to go deep and to reflect and to think hard about that question. It does matter. And it will impact the way that you and I will live every single day of our lives. I want to leave you with some words to ponder by David Lose. He says that we answer and we continue to seek the answer to this question, not for Jesus' sake, but for our, our own sake. And we do it that we might be caught up in the power of his love and his life. How does that sound to you? That every single day of our lives we ask ourselves who Jesus is so that we can get in his love and his life. And what we say in our answer, it helps to root us in the love and the possibilities that Jesus requires. I, I think those are a couple of really interesting things that we should consider, you know. Being caught up in his love and being rooted in that love and all of the possibilities because we're caught up and because we're rooted in that love, it makes it possible for us to begin to realize all the possibilities of what Jesus has to offer. And he says, we may see in Jesus the heart of God laid bare for all the world to see and to know. That we may see in Jesus the heart of God laid bare for all the world to see and know. Amen. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray in the name of the one who reconciled all creation to himself. Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our, our Father, Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, share your talents, and tell what God has done.